welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kulzik, TV editor of SoundOnSight.org, and I'm joined as ever by our general editor, Mr. Ricky D. Hello, Kate. And whereas we usually have a third guest this week, there was some scheduling issues, some behind-the-scenes issues such that we are guestless. It's our first ever Walking Dead podcast with just the two of us. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's also only, I think, the second time we are recording directly after watching the episode, so we haven't had time to discuss the episode with friends and or write reviews and or just think about it. Yeah, we're we're giving our immediate reactions. So we'll see how that affects things. Maybe I'll be tweeting out tomorrow that I read a scene completely wrong. Who knows? But for right now, uh, we'll just dive in. First of all, as we always say at the top of the, these podcasts, while Ricky has read several of the comic books uh, and I have read n- none of the comic books, we will not be spoiling any Anything that's from future episodes of the show, anything we say is speculation. Um, we don't know. We don't know stuff about the production, and also we will not be spoiling anything from the comic book that has yet to happen on the show itself. So, no spoilers. Spoiler-free zone. Um, this week we'll be talking about Internment, which is episode five of season four, written by Channing Powell and directed by David Boyd. Now, normally I start with the guest and get their thoughts on the season so far, but I think our listeners are pretty aware of where both of us are with season four of The Walking Dead at just over the, I guess, the halfway point of the first half of the of the season. It looks like the the disease or sickness arc is at least coming to an end, if maybe not completely concluded. Where do you think the show is right now, uh, as far as you know your enjoyment of it, but also creatively? Has this sickness arc worked for you, and are you looking forward to what appears to be coming next in that final shot of this week's episode? Well, from a creative standpoint, I think The Walking Dead has improved in many um, for example, there are some fantastic directorial flourishes. You see that at the start of the episode. I like the sequence in which Rick is driving back to the prison. Very simple. We've seen it done before in the past, but I do like it. I do like a lot of the directorial flourishes, specifically from last week's episode. Um, I think they're improving on many aspects, specifically with character development. You know, you look at Michonne, you look at Carol, although Carol isn't technically present right now, but the job they did on or had done so far on those two characters is fantastic. And um, so, yeah, even with the dialogue, like I think the dialogue has improved. Uh, One of the major nitpicks that all of us have had on the podcast in previous seasons is the dialogue. So there is improvements. The problem is for me personally, is I find the novelty has worn out. Like, I remember when Simon and I were recording season one podcasts and I would run home to watch the episode from work. And as soon as I got in the door, I would, you know, grab a glass of like wine or juice or whatever. I would sit down. The first thing I would do is I would would watch the show and write my review. And I was so excited to, you know, check out the newest episode of The Walking Dead. And now it's like. Honestly, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I can wait a few days before watching the episode. I can probably wait until the season's over and just binge it, like watch it, you know, all in one day back to back. So I'm not entirely sure what is wrong with the season so far, Kate. But, you know, again, speaking to my friends who were huge fans of The Walking Dead, they all feel like this season, despite some improvements, is somewhat boring. 
And so it, I just feel like critically speaking, like if we want to critique the show, we can comment on the improvements, but I still think that myself and a lot of people that I know just aren't as invested in the series anymore. And last week I compared it to Breaking Bad. And again, maybe that's a bad thing, but you know, it's also a show that aired on AMC, uh, on AMC, right? And looking back at Breaking Bad, like thinking back to season one, season two, season three, four, five, even five B, the show, the, the, the story arc, the characters change so dramatically every single season. There's always something new. It always seemed to shift towards a new direction. And I find The Walking Dead is still repeating itself in many ways. And so, I don't know. I thought today's episode was okay. Okay. Um, we'll get into <laughs> some of that a bit more. Cause I, and again, I'm, I'm not sure exactly where this is coming from. Because you're not the only one that I've, I'm hearing a similar sort of uh, just decrease in interest from. They still watch the show. They still, you know, or even if you know, as people who used to love the show still watch the show. People who were on the fence have sort of drifted away from the show. And this is something I'm seeing in the... Cr- in the critical community in general, those who aren't actively reviewing the show for a podcast or a weekly on a website, I know very few critics who are actually keeping up with the show without a professional Uh obligation. Well, Kate, tell our listeners why we are having such a hard time finding guests. Well, we're having uh, a little bit of a hard time finding, finding guests, especially with some, we had some late notice changes this week, but in general, we've had, we've had a little bit of a struggle finding guests because We've had several people uh, get back to us. Yes, we'd love to be on the podcast. I'm behind on the show. I, I need to catch up two or three episodes before I can be on. So maybe I can come on next, you know, half of this second half of the season. But right now, I I'm too behind. And uh, mm-hmm. so so that is that's not just your friends. It's not just who we happen to follow on on Twitter. It is a, a consistent thing. But this is very odd to me because I think this is the best the show has been. In a, I, I really probably ever. I think this arc has been a very well executed and perhaps the most promising uh, single arc in the show's run. And I really liked this week's episode. I felt it like it was it was very suspenseful. It was beautifully shot, and there was some lovely scoring, which we always talk about, but also great makeup, great effects. I was incredibly tense watching that. I thought very gripping set piece. And there was also nice character beats in there as well. We got some nice progression uh, or examination with Herschel and some of these other characters. So I watched this and I think this is a really effective and interesting and engaging episode of The Walking Dead or just of television. And maybe it's because I didn't come from a place of loving the show in its early runs. I was constantly seeing problems that I had with it. Like I think of this arc and then I compare it to anything we were watching last season with the governor who I'm sure we'll get to. (laughs) Uh, And I just, there's no comparison. This is just clearly superior storytelling to me. So I just, I'm fascinated by this sort of, you know, delay or trickle down uh, of interest from where it used to be, at least critically. Well, it's a fascinating show. I mean, for several reasons, It, it, it is ahead of its time. I mean, The Walking Dead even started before American Horror Story. It really, you know, set a new level of what sort of horror can be displayed on television. But also, I think it just boosted the horror genre to mainstream popularity. I mean, 
now it seems like every time I read a news story about the new show and development for HBO or AMC or what have you, it's rooted in the horror genre. And so it's ahead of its time. It's a fascinating show. It's got many problems. It does a lot of things right. Um, I can't answer your question. I think, you know, usually I do a film podcast. And when I come and sit down and record our Soundside Film Podcast, my number one rule is I come in and I review the movie based on how I feel after watching it, right? I don't like to read reviews. I actually do not read reviews. I um, try not to talk about the movie to either my co-host and or my friends before sitting down to watch it because to me it's important to just review the movie based on your emotions and what you felt while watching the movie and as you walk out of the theater. But I really feel like the best way to review a movie is – maybe a year after its release, several years after, after its release. I mean, think of movies like Citizen Kane or Raging Bull or Taxi Driver or movies that are considered some of the greatest films ever made. And when they were released, critics were harsh on those movies. They did not give those movies good reviews. And fast forward 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years, and they are considered the greatest movies of all time. And uh, I think it's like when you're in the moment – People tend to be more critical, especially in this day and age, right? Uh, you know, now it's very easy to critique anything and someone can hear you because you have Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, you know, blogs. Anyone can start, start a website these days. And so I always try to be fair when reviewing the show and I can only review it based on how I feel. I do think it's an okay episode. I don't think it's a bad episode. I don't think it's a great episode. I think it's just an okay episode. But I'll tell you the number one thing I realized while watching this episode, about 20 minutes in, I checked the clock. I think it was the first commercial break. And I realized how much I already miss Carol and Michonne. Because Michonne only pops up in the last like five minutes of the episode. Carol does not show up. And last week, one of the things I said on the podcast was, I don't know how I feel about them getting rid of Carol so quickly because the two best characters of season four so far have been Michonne and Carol, and one of them is now gone. And right away, the first thing I realized while watching this episode, the reason why I guess I didn't like it as much as you did is because I was just missing Michonne and Carol. I think that's a real... A, a real uh, issue with this episode, or potential issue, I should say. If you are not wholly invested in Herschel, then this episode is not going to work for you the way that it might. If So if you just swap out, which you can't really do because they're very different characters, but if you swapped out Carol doing the same things, tending for these people, you, you'd have to work a little bit to get her able to do the intubations. Uh, but, you know, say she'd been practicing or whatever, she learned how to intubate, and she was able to actually do what Herschel does in this episode. Would it have been more interesting or successful? This is if she hadn't, you know, killed Karen and whatever. So, and David, would you have liked the episode more? I don't think the problem is Herschel. I love Herschel. I love his character. He delivered, I think, the best speech was last week. I think the problem is, is everybody else at the prison. Because, yeah, when the cameras focus on Herschel, I'm really, really into it. But then we get a bunch of random extras running around, turning into zombies, and they're dying. I have no idea still who these people are. In fact, there's a kid that shows up. Right? Did you notice the kid in the cell when he puts Lizzie in the cell? Mm -hmm. Like. 
who is that kid? I haven't even seen that kid in the background. We probably saw that kid in the background, um, either in the early, in the premiere at the, the barbecue or at, at the knife lesson. So I, I would be very surprised if that kid hasn't been around. Um, Maybe. But yeah, that is the danger of having a community of people we haven't really met. Uh, and yes, Obviously, we, we know way more characters now than we did, even just going back to the start of the season. I feel like I feel I do. I still feel like we got to know Karen before she died. But also, we know Sasha a lot better. We knew Dr. S. There are some of these characters in here that we that are new, but we did get a sense of. But you're right. There are a lot of nameless sort of or maybe they had a couple lines of dialogue characters who die uh, in, in this episode. Did you say some? There was a lot. I, the body count was huge. Yes. I mean, I'm not just talking about the walkers, but a lot of people died. There there were a number of people in the ward who died, yes, and turned into walkers. We saw them fighting seven-ish? I, I would think about seven people turned into walkers throughout the episode. Yeah. At least seven. And we had known some of them. The guy with the kid we had met before. There were some some of these people we knew. Some of them we didn't. And that's a problem, but I think that is an inherent problem of doing this kind of a storyline. If you're going to do mm -hmm. a sickness, people need to die. And if you don't want to kill your main cast, which I honestly, I thought Herschel was a goner. I just assumed after the first couple of scenes, uh, when they're talking about, you know, sacrifice and all of this stuff, I assumed he was a goner. So I was surprised when he lived. Um, but it seems like they are not willing to kill their main cast. And if you're not going to do that, nameless people have to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about stakes all the time. And the thing is, I didn't really feel the stakes in this episode, despite the suspense, I guess. Like, I mean, I never thought Herschel was going to die. I did for a brief moment, not think, but hope Glenn would die. Because I was like, wow, if this whole entire story arc built up to Glenn dying, then I think I would be just a little bit more satisfied. Because last week I said on the podcast, I'm like, you know what? If they find a cure for the disease so quick, I'm going to call bullshit because this isn't an ordinary flu. Like, I'm sorry, it might be a flu, but it's not an ordinary flu. I mean, these people still lived in a civilized uh, world before the, the zombie apocalypse. Like, everyone's had vaccines and whatnot. So why would they all of a sudden get a flu in which your blood flows out of your eyes, or out of your eye sockets, right? And you die within like a 24-hour, 48-hour period. And it's like so severe. And they happen to go find the right medication that, that just so happens to potentially work. Because it seemed as though when the episode ended, everybody was cured. Well, I don't think... I don't think we have any sense of that. I think they're just not immediately going to die. We should mention we got some tweets from our medical correspondent. Thank you very much. Um, he says, just to note, they aren't dealing with the disease. They, the signs and symptoms shown by the people on the show are those of a flu slash infection strain. That's why they went to find antibiotics. No cure is needed. Only the right combination of antibiotics. In this aspect, I think the show has been incredibly forthright. That's what it seems like to me, perhaps an advanced form of swine flu. Of course, the show could switch things up and throw me for a loop, but none of the medical signs point towards that. Okay. Fair enough. I still think they resolved a little too early. You know why I say this? Because it ends with a shot of the governor. <laughs> like, you take this incredible <laughs> story arc, you take a threat, which is so 
far more interesting than the governor. And then you conclude it and you reintroduce the governor. And so once again, repeating things we've seen in previous seasons, we knew the governor would show up, but I think we were secretly hoping the governor wouldn't show up until maybe next season or second half of this season. Well, I, I think, I think that, uh, before we say that, or at least in my opinion, before I say that they have, um, moved on too quickly from the, this flu storyline, I want to see what comes next because I think there is a lot of potential for change. So if the characters do not change significantly in their outlook, in their, their behavior, if this doesn't affect them dramatically, then, then it's just them repeating, you know, a four episode arc of putting them under stress and then nothing changes. I think it, there's a lot of potential for, for, we already saw some, some developments based on this arc for, for Tyrese. There's potential there for Sasha to, to grow or change from this moment. Also Herschel, you know, in, in that final moment with him, does he lose his faith because of this? Uh, I, I think if we actually see the characters change, something we've been talking about really wanting on this show, uh, then the, then this is the right length of time for this story. Cause I actually think th that's one of the things they do right here. I could get, uh, take another episode or two of this, you know, if everybody's presto change, you know, ump and helping with the fence, you know, next week, that's a problem. But I think, you know, it, it would be easy for everybody's coughing to get very old. Yeah. That being said, if, if all of a sudden it just becomes governor land again, I think we all know anybody who listened to last season's podcasts know I am not a fan. So while I wasn't surprised really to see him pop up at the end there, I was sort of hoping that would be a end of the first half of the season reveal as opposed to an episode five reveal. Well, you know, Yes, the the flu lasting four episodes would be fine had it not ended with a shot of the governor. <laughs> That's my problem. Because it seems like let's rush through this storyline so we can get back to the governor. What is so wrong with taking two episodes and, I don't know, doing something new, something else, something like the episode clear? They could do this. They don't have to go back to the governor. They could easily spend an episode just with Carol. Yeah, I would be happy if we never saw the governor ever again. <laughs> it should be an Armin Tamzarian situation. Oh, my God. Doctors make the worst patients. Not everyone gets to live. End stage is a point that no one comes back from where they... Oh, they can't. That's where I am. No, you need to focus on the ones that can make it. I made some more IVs. If you're not ready to lose one, you're going to lose them all. It's like turning off a light. It'll happen one after the other. And they don't just die. We can hold on. After what happened in the other cell block, when I came in here, I brought these. Get back in bed now. We're not that bad off. And we are. It'll be too late. You don't understand. You have a chance. 
This is it. After this. I'm not giving up on anyone. Not yet. Just make sure everyone's doors are shut. Caleb. Just make sure. <laughs> Caleb, you gotta let me look at you. Okay, Herschel. Have a look. Okay, while watching the episode, I keep thinking about what I would do in the situation. I don't know if you're like that, mm-hmm. but. I keep thinking, why are they still at the prison? Like, I'm still scratching my head thinking about why would she still want to be at the prison? It's a prison. It's not a pleasant place to live. Sure, it has fences, but the fences are falling down. It's surrounded by hundreds of zombies, and it's infected with disease. Plus, they don't have supplies. I get Woodbury. Woodbury was a town. It was pleasant. It was surrounded by big, huge walls. They were able to grow crops. I think they had a lab and a... Ricky, we see them eat the crops they have grown in this episode. You can't say they can't grow crops when we see them doing it. Well, there's very few supplies and crops and food to go around for so many people. I mean, they went out on a run to get supplies last week. Yeah, and I think we'll see. We'll have to see next week what they say. Now Now that people are theoretically on the mend, that's a definite conversation for them to have. Well, half their population is sick and having a hard time moving switching locations doesn't make sense um not while they are sick so but... you want them to leave the prison or well you wanted them to have left the prison last season we talked about that but mm-hmm. um now that they're now that they're theoretically everybody's going to be either on the mend or die uh you if they don't leave the prison you're going to be frustrated Yes, if they don't leave the if they don't start talking about the possibility of leaving the prison in the next episode or the next two episodes, you know, given the fact that a hundred thousand zombies just stormed the prison <laughs> like walls and disease like took out half of the people living within the prison gates and you know what I mean, like they should start considering leaving the prison. I mean, there is no reason for them to not to leave the prison. In fact, every time they leave the prison, they, they seem to be a lot more safe than when they're in the prison. I mean, we saw Rick go out with Carol, and I don't think they ever came close to really getting bit by a zombie. Well, but Rick and Carol didn't because they're two of the most competent people there. The only people who leave to go on runs are the the most skilled foragers and fighters and everything. So you don't have the kids and the the you know weaker members of their group going out for runs. So it's not really a you know like a equal comparison. I think we're going to get an episode very soon in which they are going to have to get rid of the dead weight, and be it the children and or Herschel. I think they're going to have to make a decision to get rid of some people. Like okay. I you know like. As opposed to, oh, somebody just got bit again or someone died of a disease. I think, I'm hoping at least, that they get to a point where they might want to individually split up and or go their separate ways. And or I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these extras are holding back the core group. Like, you know what I mean? If I was part of the core group, I would be like, you know what? We're supposed to do what's best for us. (laughs) Hanging out with so-and-so and so-and-so. Like, they are not helping us. Like, I just think about what I would do in the uh, in that situation. And I sure as hell wouldn't stay at the prison. I would, I mean, it's not even a good life. Like, I know it's a post-apocalyptic zombie world, but, you know, 
I wouldn't want to live in a prison. That's all I'm saying. Well, I and I I hear what you're saying. I just completely disagree. <laughs> I, well, I, I ba- I'm basing it on what we've seen from some of our key characters this season with Daryl and Michonne and some of these other people really embracing community. And I think also, you know, we're communal beings. We're a communal species. You know, there's a certain carrying capacity that works. And then once a group gets too big, there's infighting and they split. There's like anthropological studies about this that are very interesting. And those are the types of things I read for fun because I'm a nerd. Uh, but it, ma- it makes sense for people to form small sort of tribes, as it were, in in moments like this. Now, you a very solid and logical argument is that this group is now too big and they need to split. Um, but I think just wanting that sense of community, especially when you have such constant struggle all the time, that makes sense to me. Yes, but I think if they hadn't had the opportunity to live at the farm and or live and or be Woodbury, like the prison might seem like the best place to be, but they have the contrast. Like they can compare it to those locations. Like if the governor can set up Woodbury, why can't Rick Grimes, Herschel, you know, Daryl, Michonne, and so on, set up their own community in a suburb. Like, I'm sure they can do it. But anyways, um, we're not focusing on this specific episode right now. We're focusing on <laughs> what we would do if we lived in that world. Um, the other thing I was thinking while watching the episode is they have so much ammunition, like machine guns, right? Mm-hmm. And Rick and Carl, you know, each pick up a machine gun and start blasting away all the zombies. And I'm like, okay good idea to save your ammunition but why didn't you do it before they took down the fence because you could have shot those zombies in five minutes while they were behind the fence because you knew the fence was going to come down why did you wait till the last minute to use the ammunition i think at that point in time you should have been thinking hey let's get the machine guns and shoot these zombies doesn't make any sense i i see I see the logic the show wants us to buy, which is that they were saving them for an emergency. This was the emergency, but they should have seen the emergency coming. And last week when Carol and Rick were struggling to get the fence up, that was the time to clear cut, you know, the zombie horde with the machine gun, let the machine gun fire, draw all the neighboring walkers and then shoot all of them and then burn all the bodies and, you know, actually fix the fence. So I think that's a very legitimate issue. I had actually forgot that they had them, but I think they got those back in clear. Yeah, well, um, yes, and also, I guess, the supply from the governor and Woodbury. But it's, it's it, from a writer's perspective, it's to create drama and suspense. Okay. Well, of course, but, but, you know. Not exactly the best writing. I would like to talk about some of the technical elements of this episode, because there were several sequences. You already mentioned the opening with the with the leaves. I often have my laptop open when I'm watching The Walking Dead. I can take notes and I'm, you know, seeing if people are tweeting and stuff, though I'm trying to avoid spoilers. I just follow good people so y'all don't spoil me. Thank you. Much appreciated. Um, but but that made me immediately look up the silence with the with the that beautiful, you know, construction of that of that sequence with the leaves. And also when Herschel and and Rick have their have their conversation. I thought that was, I just was remarking as I was watching it to myself that it was just beautifully lit and staged. I love that it was essentially the Rick in confession 
with Herschel as as his priest or or confessor, um, and just the again the lighting of it with the just the si- simple lights from above in this very dark room. It cut away all of the background noise that you know of, of all the plots, the rest of the plot that is going on in the background, and then to then to pan down to this sort of confessional space, defiled by this this dead body and this, this walker or who would be a walker if they hadn't, you know, stabbed in the head. I just thought the there was a lot of really beautiful shots throughout this episode. So I want to make sure to give some credit to, to David Boyd, the director, but also just the entire production team. Cause I thought there was a lot that I really enjoyed in the stiller moments. Yeah, I think there always is. I, I never have a problem with the visuals of the walking dead, um, and I'm not just talking about the cinematography, but I'm talking about how the directors tell the story through visuals. I think a lot of times, th- though, we do like it or prefer it when they cut down the dialogue and just show more without telling. Uh, but in this episode, I totally agree. I like every single uh, scene that involved Herschel. I, I, Herschel is by far the highlight of this episode. And I'm glad Herschel had a, a, an episode to shine and outshine the rest of the cast because I can't remember the last time he has or ever has. I mean, he had like, you know, one good scene last week in which he delivered a really great speech and maybe one scene the week before, but I can't ever remember Herschel just taking over an entire episode, like where the focus is so heavy on his character. So that is good because that's one thing the Walking Dead writers have been working on this season is giving each episode like um, assigning a character to each episode where the main focus, the major focus is on one or two characters. And this, in uh, this episode happened to be Herschel last week, you know, there was the Rick and Carol uh, aspect. And of course there was the Daryl, Tyrese, Bob and Michonne uh, storyline, but it really focused on Carol last week. Um, so, but the thing is with that said, I think they're going to have to very quickly, very soon return to Glenn and Maggie because one of the reasons why I was hoping that Glenn would die in this episode is because him and Maggie have been pretty boring all season long. No, Glenn is not allowed to die because I want my happy wedding. I was promised a wedding last season, and it was going to be a shining light of happiness amidst all the gloom and doom. And maybe there would be some jokes and frivolity. And that has not happened yet. So if it happened off screen, we haven't heard about it. And I will not be happy about that. But I still want to see that happen. Well, I'm we holding ha- out hope. <laughs> we could still have a red wedding. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Thanks. That's yeah. that's exactly what this show needs. <laughs> so, you know, last week I said that, uh, I, okay, well, did I say this? Yeah, I, I think I said this last week. Um, I don't, I think I said, I don't think that they are going to bring Carol back. Mm-hmm. And I really, I don't know if it's because I don't think they're going to bring her back or because I'm hoping they don't bring her back because I'm, I will be at peace if, it is the very last time we saw Carol. Like, you know, if that was the last time we saw Carol was last week, I will actually prefer it. Um, I wouldn't mind if she popped up in the spinoff show, but only if the spinoff show is good. Um, but if they do bring back Carol, <laughs> I hate to say this, speculation, but I think they're going to bring back Carol with the governor. <laughs> like, I bet you 50 bucks if they bring her back. It's going to be like the stupidest decision where somehow the the governor and Carol cross paths and he captures her or something. And I don't know if he somehow brings her back to the prison. I was saying that last week. That was my immediate assumption. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, that they okay. were going to find a way for Carol to cross paths with the governor and she, that maybe she would earn her way back 
into the group by like killing the governor or something. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I, I do like the notion because I do really I've enjoyed that character for most of her run on the show. I like this idea that we can leave her sort of up in the air where we can tell ourselves that she got just she got along just fine and didn't get eaten and found a new happy family and everything. We can send her off in into our into the sunset in a, a, a happy sort of headspace. Um, I, I also think that there's a lot of potential for that character if they want to bring her back. I right now, and I would not have guessed that I would be saying this a season ago or even a half season ago. I trust the writers to do justice to Carol. If they bring her back, that felt very weird for me to say. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. We'll, they might have her cross paths with the governor. We may not see the governor for a couple weeks. I doubt it because there's, there's only three episodes left. I, I maybe, I mean, I, this point, I'm assuming that he's the one that's feeding or was the one that was feeding the rats to the zombies. It's, but they were know, on the inside. The rats were on the inside. Um, I'm assuming he has a mole. Really? Don't tell me it's the little girl, Lizzie. I don't think it's the little girl, Lizzie. And I actually wanted to specifically ask you about Lizzie. What did you think of her this week? Because I know you're not a big fan. I still think she's a bad actress. Here, zombie, zombie, zombie. Come on. That was great. Yeah, that scene worked. It did. Um, she wasn't terrible in this episode. She wasn't bad at all, actually. She was okay. She was good. I just don't think she's a good actress. Um, but yeah, that scene worked. Um, but I don't know. She's still Lizzie. I don't really care about her. I was kind of secretly hoping that she would get bit and eaten and be the reason why Herschel survived. But Herschel's badass and survives himself. Well, actually, Maggie awesome. helped. Him. Maggie, Maggie helped. helped. Yeah. Uh, this that was another thing I thought they did well this week. Uh, showing different people being different levels of sick. So it wasn't like everybody except for Herschel. Herschel is somehow the only one who's not like falling over. Um, so I, I like that Lizzie was not really sick, just like a little sick. Um, and then Sasha, we see her fade. Glenn is clearly like sicker than her. I, th I thought they actually did a good job of kind of tearing, you know, the sickness, but uh, just another random thought. I did think the, not in front of the children shot was a little on the nose with uh, with Herschel. Um, but in, in general, you know, I thought, I thought that pretty much worked for me. I do believe that this is the first episode in which Herschel actually kills a zombie, right? A walker. Like, I don't think he's actually ever attempted to stab uh, a walker, unless if it was in self-defense. I would have to go back and watch all the episodes. But I don't yeah. remember Herschel being in a position where he had to stab a person in the head, be it live or about to turn into a walker and or dead and about to turn into a walker or a walker. Um, so, yeah, it's a big episode for Herschel. And and that's the, that, that is the reason why I never for a second thought that Herschel would die, because they they were just so focused on his character. He was going through this big personal change. I was like, there's no way they can kill Herschel in this episode. It just would not work. They could have killed Glenn. This was a good episode for them to kill Glenn. So they better do something good with Glenn in the next three episodes. Well, I, I that's so interesting because, again, we had completely different reactions to that because I saw that scene with Dr. S where he's talking about you have to be willing to sacrifice one to save 
the group. I was like, oh, yep, setting it up, and he's going to Yeah, but they couldn't kill Dr. S and kill Herschel, because who would then have the quote-unquote cure? See, that would force Bob into a position where he's their sole medical person, so if whether or not he stays sober, all of a sudden becomes way more significant. Yeah, maybe if the Walking Dead writers were willing to make him uh, a major player in the show, but I don't think they are willing at this point. It's too early. They, yeah, they we'll don't see. seem... They don't seem to want to take chances on a new cast unless it's a, a character from the comic book, like a major character like Tyrese and or someone, a big actor playing that character. And Bob is not a major character from the comic book. So mm-hmm. I don't I mean, I, I'm interested to see what they do with Bob. But again, the whole alcoholic storyline, I don't see it being very interesting. I don't see them being able to milk it for all it's worth in this type of show. Like this isn't parenthood. You know, this isn't like, I don't know, <laughs> justified. It's interesting that you bring up Parenthood because, of course, I review Parenthood at Sound on Sight for every week. So I've been thinking a lot about about the series. Uh, it's my first time reviewing it. Or it's my first season, I should say, reviewing it week to week. And I am constantly amazed at how well they balance their ridiculously large cast on Parenthood because they'll give just one or two scenes to a couple characters, but almost everybody feels like they they have a life outside, like off screen. And they always feel like they're consistently developing and changing, and they're always really interesting. And so I, I was actually thinking about the way that Parenthood handles that versus on The Walking Dead, where they, <laughs> they've, they've done a lot. They've made real strides this season, but they still are having a very like, – they, they don't have a handle on being able to focus mostly on one character or two characters, one sort of arc, but still kind of touch base with everyone and have – each of those scenes individually progress the the other characters. It's really hard to do, and it's something Jason Kadams is really good at. He did it on Parenthood. He does it. He does it on Parenthood. He did it on Friday Night Lights. Um, but I, that's funny that you bring up Parenthood because I was actively actively thinking about that this past week. Yeah, but the best show writers know how to balance a large cast. And no, that's a different the thing. The best, the best show writers. Yeah, there's plenty of shows that don't have a big cast because that's not the story they're trying to tell you no know, but it, for shows that do have a, be- a big cast and that do well those are the best writers i mean yes. everyone says the wire is like the greatest tv show ever and it has like the largest cast you know what i mean but you know i, I said i said this last week i'm gonna say it again american horror story is a very different show than walking dead but there are a lot of characters in american horror story and they reboot it every single season because it's an anthology series and we are like four or five episodes into season three coven and I know very well who every single character is. We get a backstory for every single one of these characters. We know why he or she is the way he or she is. We understand how they are related to so-and-so. And I just don't understand why The Walking Dead can't do it. And I think we've said this many times in the past. They should incorporate more flashbacks. They've done it in the past, and it's worked so well. Give us flashbacks to these characters before the zombies took over. Let us know something about these characters, especially when you bring in a guy like Bob. It wouldn't hurt the show. It would only make the show more interesting. But I don't know. That's the thing about The Walking Dead is I feel like they aren't trying new things and they aren't taking big enough risks. Okay. I can see that. I can definitely see that. And I would throw in, though, that you don't necessarily – need to do a flashback. Like, I don't need to see the... I would love to see the Michonne flashback, but after that scene of her holding the last kicker, I don't need her backstory because I feel like I know it already. So 
I don't I don't get the sense that they necessarily have the backstory like in their show Bible for these various characters. I don't get a sense that they know who these people are because there are times where with their core characters, you know, they seem very, very comfortable but with the expanded, you know, secondary tier of characters. There are times where their dialogue or their decisions feel very generic as opposed to rooted in specific experiences in those characters lives that maybe we don't know but the characters and the writers should you know the actors and the you know the writers should know um so i i do agree that you know i would love flashbacks i would love more of a sense who these people were and who they are well i think you're dead on i think you're dead on and i think that might be the problem from adapting a comic book because the central characters like therese michonne rick grimes the characters that do come from the comic book that everybody knows from the comic book they have a backstory they have about a hundred or plus issues of story for these characters. So those writers can go and read the comic books and know who these characters are and they can work with it. But all the newbies, all these additional characters, it's like they just create them for that one specific scene or that one episode or five episodes they are going to use them for, but they don't create a backstory. Like if you're going to write a character into a movie or a TV show, you should have an idea of what this character is like, not just for that specific episode, but his life arc like you know how he grew up or she grew up or you know just something about these characters to to cling on to to give them more personality and it doesn't seem like they do this and i'll give you a perfect example of something they can do and maybe you won't like it but it's just an example take for instance bob okay we know bob was a medic he was in the military or navy or something uh we know he's an alcoholic uh, and we know he's traveled with uh two groups right uh, th this is his third group so far because the first two groups, from my understanding, were just like killed off by walkers. Yeah, he was the only survivor of each only... group. So yeah, that to me is an interesting storyline or an interesting flashback. Have a flashback to Bob when he was with one of those two, two groups or something. Give us something about Bob prior to uh, season four. Like, for example, he met Daryl on the road, right? Daryl drove by and picked him up. He met him on the road. I don't know, maybe a flashback to when Daryl first met Bob. Something. Give us a little bit more of Bob, because we want to know more about Bob. Give us a little bit more of Sasha. Give us a little bit more of Dr. S before he died. <laughs> I mean, now he's dead, so it doesn't matter. But at this point in time, how many people are left in prison? Because, I, I mean, there's Lizzie. Uh, who else is left alive? It seems like everybody's dead. I think there are plenty of characters who are left alive. Don't forget, there's also a chunk of them over in quarantine. So, you know, Beth is over there as well. Carl, that's where Carl was. They've just not been showing those characters so that they can have a more manageable group of people to deal with. Um, but, but, you know, because it seemed like, and obviously I cannot argue with the notion that there are way more characters here and we don't know any of them. And, and that is a problem. But it seemed like there was a substantial group of people. A chunk of them got taken out um, by, was it Patrick and that Walker situation? About, you know, a handful of them have died, maybe another 10 since, you know, Karen, David, and then the, the group we saw this week have died. But there's still, I think, you know, what, 10, 20 people? Oh, God. No, for real? <laughs> well, just count, if you only count characters that we know and care about you already will get to, like, 10 pretty quickly. Uh, I was hoping they would have killed off everyone by now. Just, <laughs> just move away from the prison already. Like, get rid of all these people. We'll see. Um, 
Yeah, you know, now now that I'm thinking about it, the, the whole Carol situation, because Lizzie is still alive and because she is so connected to Carol, I'm thinking maybe you're right. Maybe she is going to come back and it's because of the governor. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I do think uh, I think there's potential there. I actually think that's another thing to handle well in this episode. So maybe part of why I really enjoyed this episode, aside from just my gut reaction to the suspense and the action and the various character beats is that I was sort of ticking off as I was watching, like my subconscious was ticking off things that I thought they did well. And one of them was, you know, how they handled Herschel. And one of them was, uh, was, was the, you know, getting to see Maggie back in mama bear action mode, which I very much enjoyed. Um, and another one was, I thought they handled Rick and Carl I thought they handled Rick and Carol, that situation, or, or him talking to people about that situation, very intelligently. It made sense. It seemed like the correct way to handle that, where you just, okay, you tell the first person who asked about it, and, you know, Maggie, because the two of them are seemingly the only two not dead people or quarantine people. And then I got to tell Herschel, and I got to tell Daryl, and then we'll go from there. You know what the major difference between season four and, say, season two is that if this was season two, you would have seen Rick Grimes tell Herschel, and they would talk about it. Then you would see him walk over and tell Maggie, and they would talk about it. And then you would see him walk over and tell Daryl, and they would talk about it. Like, whereas in season four, it's kept off screen. It's like, yeah. it's mentioned briefly, except for Maggie. I mean, Maggie was, like, you know, it made sense, like, he, he drives in, Maggie's the first person to see Rick, he addresses the situation, it's kept short and brief, fine. He goes to see Daryl, um, uh, Herschel, we get that beautiful scene in which you said it was like he was confessing to, um, to Herschel, it's like as if he was like, you know, pretty much like taking the role of a priest, uh, or a preacher, he was a preacher, right, not a priest? I, I don't remember. Well, one of the two, um, you know, beautifully lit, great, great scene, but yeah, and then, with Daryl, we never actually get to see the resolution. He, you know, Herschel basically tells Daryl, we'll go ask Rick. And we're, I'm assuming it's going to be kept off screen. I don't think we're actually going to see the confrontation between Daryl and Rick in the next episode. It could be wrong. We'll see. Oh, I think we're definitely going to see reaction to that. I think there's got to be a reaction from Daryl and from Ty. Because Daryl would react and Lizzie would react in a big way. And Tyrese would react. Well, I think we'll see a reaction. I just don't know if we'll see the confrontation. Like, I don't know. Yeah. If, we'll see. But, like, I don't think it's necessary to actually, like, write out a scene in which Rick tells Daryl. I think we could just see the aftermath. Yes. I, I absolutely agree with that. And, again, this episode didn't need it. It had plenty of other things going on. So that was a story to be taken care of later once the fence was not you know, overrun with, with walkers and we weren't intubating people at the last moment and all of that. So I, that was another thing I thought they handled well. Third one we've lost. We're burning them behind the blocks. Burning them. That's what it's come to. Are you okay? I talked to him yesterday about Steinbeck. He told me a quote, a sad soul can kill quicker than a germ. That's exactly why I didn't want them all to see what happens. I know they know, but I didn't want them to see it right now. They're seeing you, Herschel. They see you. Keep going. 
Even after all the choices keep getting taken away. When we get past this thing, it's not going to be like how it was, is it? No. Was that denial? Not seeing things for how they were? No. You just caught a break. You needed some time. You got some. You got lucky. We all did. I still think there's a plan. I still believe there's a reason. You think it's all a test? Life was always a test, Rick. I need to talk to you about Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the action set piece in this episode. I think the action overall has been great in season four. I still think the best set piece was on the first episode of the season in which the uh, zombies fall through the roof. It's or, raining walkers. <laughs> yeah, when the rooftop caves in. But uh, what did you think about the use of the song Not Once But Twice? Because I was okay with it once, but twice, I don't know. I, you know, I, I've already said I like their increasing use of soundtrack this season. Um I thought I thought the opening scene with, with the scoring or the song choice there was really effective and worked really well. Um paralleling them sure. Um but it didn't have a big effect on me. The I was remembering other moments of scoring more than than those soundtrack choices. Okay, now let me ask you a question. What do you think is the central theme of season four? Like, for example, in American Horror Story, there are several themes spread out through season three. There's the idea of aging, how a woman fear, fears that when she ages, she sort of loses her power. Um, there's the idea of um, motherhood. Like, there's one character in, in the season that can't bear a child, and she tries everything from black magic to science to have a child. Um, it's a very feminist show, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you think the central theme of season four is so far, if there is a, a, a central theme. I think they're playing with the idea of what is life versus what is survival. That's a recurring idea on this show. They've sort of toyed with it several times and never really explored it, I don't think. It's not satisfactorily uh, to my taste. And they started introducing that in the premiere with that conversation between Glenn and Maggie. And it's come up several different times. I think Michonne, right, says something about that last week or the week before. Um, but they haven't really explored it in a meaningful way. I'm going to sort of trust or wait to see what happens next week when the characters are theoretically getting healthier and they're in a position where they can have an opinion on what life is versus survival. Cause first they need to survive. And then if they are surviving, then they can discuss, but what is life more than this? So I thought, I think it's kind of sloppy to introduce that and then, then completely sort of shelve it while they're dealing with this whole uh, disease thing. Um, but that's the best I can come up with. This has never been a show to really, at least to me, to have a central theme or, or I, to really be exploring in a deep way central ideas. Yeah, I agree. But I think 
that might be a problem. Like I do see a central theme for many of these episodes. Like last week, it was all about letting go. Um, this week, it seems like it's just about a bunch of people living in a confined space, like a prison, right? I mean, just look at the title of the episode. But overall for the season, I can't really pick out a central theme because like, I, I totally agree. I think they started on this idea of survival versus living and they totally lost focus on it. And that's what I, I think most of us want to see. We want to see a show that isn't just about surviving. Like we want to see a little bit more life injected into the season. And I think they're going to have to start doing it. I'm kind of, you know, my my overall opinion of each episode is I like each episode, but I'm worried about the next episode. And once again, I like this episode. I think it's okay, but I'm worried about the next episode because of the last shot with the governor. I'm worried about where the show's headed. Um, and uh, I, unlike you, don't have confidence in the writers in, I guess ending the season where I will be completely wholeheartedly satisfied. Cause so far I'm just at the edge. I'm at the edge of like, do I want to keep on watching the show on a weekly basis or am I going to get to the point where I could just, uh, you know, wait a few weeks and just catch up on it over a weekend. I don't know. It doesn't have the same appeal as it once did, which is so weird because, or maybe it's because I'm watching too many good shows, like better shows, I should say, like The Americans or Masters of Sex or American Horror Story. I think it's way more interesting this this season. Yeah, and this is, again, this is because I have our weekly television podcast and we strive to cover the best that the best TV that's out there. Um, I'm watching a lot of shows that are generally much better than The Walking Dead is or has been. Um, as much as I have really enjoyed this season, I thought this was a really strong episode this week. There are this is not going to be in contention for the most memorable episode I watched this week. I'm assuming, given what I've already seen, this is not in contention. And The Walking Dead is nowhere near my top ten of the year. It's probably not even in my top twenty. Um, so I, I I definitely hear what you're saying with that. Um, but I would again, and maybe maybe this is because I wasn't as high on season three or season two or season one, I want to hear from people who are t tuning out this season. Why is it this, what is different about this season that like, why did you stick through all of that up and down with the governor, but you're tuning out for this? Well, from everyone I've spoken to, and I've actually read a few articles online, and I wish I can pinpoint our listeners to the articles, but I can't because I do not remember where I read these articles. It's basically, you know, when you're browsing Twitter and you're on the bus and you just kind of click on a link and it goes to an article type thing. And there was um, one article I read, which I think nailed the very reason why everybody I know is slowly losing interest. And it's because they feel that the show doesn't really have interesting characters. And, you know, you look back at Andrea and everybody had a problem with, well, not everybody, but a lot of people had a problem with Andrea and even Lori. But those characters, despite, you know, people having a problem with the way those characters were written, it caused so much controversy and so much of a stir and like such a huge debate and opened up dialogue and conversations uh, about those characters and about the show that they themselves were interesting, even if you don't think that the character was well written, right? And in this season, we don't have a character that everybody is either divided on and or that everybody's just like loving, like loving. Like, I mean, yeah, people love Michonne and we do like what's going on with Michonne, but it's not 
the same as when we first met Michonne and, you know, for the first time you get that first appearance of Michonne with her samurai swords and her two, like, uh, zombie friends, like, chained to her, right? Like, everyone I know says that basically they are a bit bored with the season because they don't have the interesting characters that they wish they had. And uh, this specific article, I wish I remember the website. I would like to say Dread Central, but I don't think it was Dread Central. Um, they actually uh, focus on one of my major uh, problems with the show, and it's the character of Rick Grimes and how he is the lead and he's one of the least interesting characters. And they were looking back at all the characters that The Walking Dead has killed so far, uh, from Andrea to Laurie to, uh, I can't remember who else died in the, in the T-Dog, to et cetera, et cetera. And they were just like, these characters were far more interesting uh, to watch, even if you liked or disliked this, these characters, compared to, say, Rick Grimes. But again, this is nothing new. No, exactly. But we had less of these characters around. Like... You know, now Lori's gone, now Andrea's gone, now T-Dog's gone, and so on and so forth. Even uh, Merle, you know what I mean? And uh, Milton, and so on and so forth. So we get Herschel, who's badass in this episode, but he's the only standout. Last week, we get Carol, who's a standout. She's basically been the stand standout for the whole entire season. Um, you need more than one character. It would be like watching Breaking Bad, and the only character that we really love is Mike the Cleaner, but we don't like, you know, Walter and or Jesse and or, you know... Uh, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, right. Um, so that's why they really. You know, it's great that they focused this episode on Herschel. Bam, love it. I'm glad that they're focusing on Michonne. But man, focus the spotlight on T. Uh, not T. Dog. Tyrese and Michonne, and bring them to life. And I don't know. Bring a spark out of these characters. I think because it's like you said uh, in previous podcasts, Kate. It's such a depressing show to watch. It's so grim, right? And to watch it on a weekly basis, it's not easy. Whereas opposed to reading the comic book, the comic book gets released once a month. You know what I mean? You have 30 days before the next issue gets released. So even for fans of the comic book, it's totally, it's a totally different experience reading the comic book on, on, you know, once every 30 days as opposed to watching a show every week because time flies, you know, it's like all of a sudden it's Monday and then all of a sudden it's Sunday and you're already watching the next episode of Walking Dead. And, you know, like, I don't know, you just need a little, need someone. Like, think about your favorite shows and think about your favorite characters. Like, even an animated show like Archer, you know? Archer is one of my favorite characters ever, ever. But that show, it's not just about Archer. Like, look at the surrounding cast. And that's an animated show, okay, mind you? Well, uh, first first of all, uh, let's take away this uh, qualifier of animated. There are a lot of fantastic animated series, and that is not taking anything away from a series. The fact that it's animated doesn't mean it's somehow lesser than or that we shouldn't expect just as, as great storytelling and characters from it. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it's animated, so it's... It's not like when you cast someone like Chad Coleman, who everybody loves already from The Wire, and already you have the advantage of casting Chad Coleman. You put him into a role, Tyrese. By doing something like that, where you take an actor that everybody loves, you do have an advantage over just an animated figure. You know what I'm saying? Well, except I would disagree, and I think you can go to Archer. I, I, I see what you're saying, and it's a good point, except that in your specific example of Archer, you're going to have Arrested Development fans who love Jessica Walter. You're going to have friends, fans of TV who love Judy Greer. I mean, there's plenty of cast in a lot of these animated shows that people okay. are auto automatically really like. But let's get back to your to your main point, though. Well, 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 okay, American Horror Story, Jessica Lange, Kathy Bates, uh, mm -hmm. Angela Bassett. But those characters that they play are 
interesting characters. It's not just that they have these big name actors cast, but they're playing interesting characters. So in The Walking Dead, who would you say is this? Like if you had to do a list of, say, your 20 favorite characters on TV, who, if any, would you pick from The Walking Dead? Oh, none. Not even. They wouldn't even <laughs> touch. They wouldn't even touch the list. Uh, but and again, this is something that we've we've all said. I think almost all of our guests have said this as well as, as the two of us. They are doing a much better job with their characters this season. And I agree that they don't have sort of a firebrand hateable character the way that they did last season that made it really easy to talk about, like the governor, like Andrea, like these different things. Um, and so they've just been sort of getting better. So instead of being terrible, their characterization <laughs> has been pretty good mm-hmm. and with a couple great moments. Um, and so sometimes, you know, that damning with faint praise is actually very damning because uh, you don't have a character that really sticks out either like a sore thumb or because they're so good. But I do think there's a lot of potential here. They just got, they have to develop them. Well, the closest we've had so far is Lizzie, but basically the reason why I mentioned all this is because I answered your question as to why are people losing interest? And that is what I'm reading online. And that is what a lot of people are telling me. So let us know listeners, what you're having issues with. Is it, is it these specific characters? What is it that is making you less of a fan of the season. Of course, uh, you can reach us uh, at Sound on Sight. I'm on Twitter at the Televerse. You are. I'm at Sound on Sight. And uh, you can also email the Televerse at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Facebook, all those lovely places. Do we have any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap things up? I have a final question. Go for it. So um, <laughs> if you can take a character from any TV show or any present TV show, current TV show, and you can take th- that character and the actor that plays the character and put them in The Walking Dead. Who would you choose off the top of your head? Okay. Uh, I'm taking two because okay. you, sw- you can't split them up. I'm taking Stonebridge and Scott from Strike Back, and I'm putting them in the zombie apocalypse because they're a wonderful buddy cop kind of duo. They would be cracking jokes left and right. They would be kicking ass. They wouldn't even be bothering to take names because there wouldn't be enough time for them to take names. They would have this zombie issue sorted and would be playing cards and having some drinks. So, yeah, Snowbridge and Scott, how about you? I would have to go to possibly my favorite show of the year, if not my second favorite favorite show of the year, and it is Hannibal. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's appropriate. Now, I don't think – would I choose Hannibal? Because I think he would make a far more interesting villain than the governor. Oh, God, uh, but yes. I really like Will Graham. And if we got Will Graham, I would get not one dog, but 15 dogs. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Will Graham. <laughs> That's awesome. That should, on the Televerse every week, we have our question of the week. And I feel like we should borrow that for this week. Let us know what character you, right now, you can choose one, or in my case, I did two. So I'll let you do, do a duo if you want to do a duo. Let us know what character from a current TV show you want you want to show up on The Walking Dead because that I think is delightful. The notion of I don't think he would last very long though. Will Graham? Does he have encephalitis or is he is he heal all healed up and normal? Uh, no, he he couldn't be healed up and normal. He'd have to be to Will Graham. We know. I think he would last. I think he would last longer than the whole entire crew in Walking Dead right now. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Well, uh, that I think when we're when we're pondering uh, encephalitis. And dogs and buddy cop action duos. I think that means it's time to wrap up the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, 
we will be back next week with another uh, walking sound to say Walking Dead podcast. Hopefully, we'll have a guest. We should have a guest. Um, we'll see what happens with that. We'll be talking about Live Bait, written by Nicole Beatty and and directed by Michael Uppendahl. And uh, let's see, it's on site right now. It's Doctor Who month. There's crazy amounts. There's at least two articles going up every day. We're profiling all the different doctors and companions and characters. And then there's a bunch of original articles going up as well on the film side of things. Ricky? I would recommend our listeners to check out our Sorted Cinema podcast, which is also found on the Sound Insight podcast iTunes feed because we basically review genre film, horror films on a weekly basis. And uh, we review a lot of old movies. We also review a lot of new movies that a lot of people haven't seen and or heard of. Uh, lots of hidden gems. And uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, it's Soderberg month. There's a lot, there's a lot, a lot going on. So check out soundsite.org. And if you want to hear me talk with our guest from the premiere uh, episode for this season, Simon Howell, if you want to hear us talk about way too much television, that's the Televerse podcast at Sound on Sight, and it comes out every Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, so you can check that out there as well. Ricky, this has been fun. Yep. <laughs> different different approach well, last year i think simon said it's a lot more fun to podcast about the walking dead than than it is to watch it i wouldn't necessarily say on a week-to-week basis it is true but sometimes it's more fun to talk about the show than to actually watch it so when you have a bad episode it's more fun to talk about it in this case it was an okay episode um so i think the podcast and the episode are just about equal <laughs> ouch in but, terms uh... of an enjoyment okay I, you know what i will i will take it because i was a bigger fan of this episode than you were so i i will take that um thank you everyone for listening thank you ricky for talking with me and we will be back next week with another episode of the sound on site walking dead podcast